Hello, welcome to the Lewisburg United Methodist Church podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For sermon notes and videos related to this message, please visit lwbumc.com. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Sermon on the Mount is considered to be one of Jesus' most hallmark messages to the early Christian community and still is very relevant for the day that we live in. He opens this sermon with what we call the Beatitudes, blessed are. I just want to say that the Beatitudes are an invitation from Jesus to change the way we think. To change, if you will, our, pardon the pun, our attitude about certain things in life and how we, as people, understand what it means to live our lives in community with each other. Unlike the, re- the, the revolutionary zealots of Jesus' day, who were preparing people for guerrilla warfare, Jesus prepared his disciples in grace in order to send them out in missions of healing. He did this by challenging them to think in ways that were almost counter to the way the rest of the world would think. And so he begins the Beatitudes by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, it's very important for me to give you this footnote. It is believed by most that that original beatitude was not blessed are the poor in spirit. In spirit was probably added later by the early Christian community. Bear with me. I'm not trying to change Jesus' words. But if you go to Luke's gospel and you read the section of beatitudes printed there, you will discover that it just simply says, blessed are the poor. Jesus wanted us to know that poverty, whether it's spiritual poverty or physical poverty, is a place in our lives where we can recognize our need of God. Amy did a wonderful job with the children this morning and set the stage for what I want to say here to you all. What does it mean to say God wants us to be poor? It means God wants us to know that everything we have in this life does not really belong to us. It is a gift. It has been entrusted to us. It has been given to us with a sense of responsibility for how we we make use of it. In the second service today, we will be using the the translation called The Message. Listen to how Eugene Peterson translates, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He says, You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and God's rule. I can remember... 
Reva's parents, SK and Mary Helen, they're looking down on us from the balcony today. But I can remember them telling stories about some of the happiest days of their life. And uh, those days were days when they were struggling. Young married couple, uh, just getting started, and said that uh, they didn't even own a refrigerator. Maybe some of you can relate to some of this. They said in the colder months, they would set their milk on the back stoop just so it would stay cold during the night and they could have, have it for their breakfast in the morning. They didn't have very much, but they were extremely happy. And I can honestly confess to you, when I was a student pastor uh, in uh, Powhatan and Deepwater, West Virginia, there were a few times when uh, <clears throat> I'd have to say to the little man, and I, I love him to death, who ran the service station, and I'd write him checks for my uh, gasoline in my little Subaru. And I'd say, would you mind hold that check about three days for me? And he'd say, sure, Tim, I'll do that. It was a very hard thing to go and ask somebody to do that. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a position in life where you've been humbled because you lacked and you needed. You see, my friends, the reality of this passage of Scripture is so simple. We need places in our lives where we are humbled, brought to our knees, realizing that so much of this world and so much of life is outside our control. And that we just have to say, okay, God, help me. God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Sometimes it's a moment of sickness. Sometimes it's a moment of financial difficulty. Sometimes it's a moment when someone in your family is headed down a road and you'd like to grab them and turn them around and you can't. And you feel helpless. It's in the context of that kind of uh, understanding of the world that Jesus said, you're blessed when you realize that when it comes to so many things in this world, you are poor. You can't fix everything that happens in this world. There are certain things that you've just got to say, God, help me. I don't know what to do. Please, God, help me. And Jesus says the most interesting thing. It's at that moment that we discover that God is greater than our need. God is able to meet us in the midst of our time of poverty and help us to feel as though we are blessed. A few years ago when I was serving in Morgantown, there was a young man who came to the church one morning and uh, did not know him. He had been a patient at Ruby Hospital. He was only about 13 years old and uh, didn't know at the time how sick this fellow was because he didn't give any impression of it. But he, he, t he told me this. We were getting ready to have our uh, Christmas uh, longest night service, blue Christmas service. It's that service on around the 21st, uh, longest uh, night of the year, and, and when sometimes the holidays are hard for people. And he came up to me and he said, he said, uh, Pastor Tim, I know you don't know me, but after the uh, Blue Night service uh, this week, would you allow me <laughs> to make cupcakes for everybody? <laughs> and I thought, now that's a strange request. <laughs> but he wanted to make cupcakes. I said, well, I don't know how many people will be here. It'll be 100 or so. He said, that doesn't matter. I'll make them. My dad will help me. And so he did. His dad had rented an apartment in, in Morgantown because this little boy had a serious, serious uh, 
difficulty with his lungs. And he had already had uh, one surgery on his lungs. And I looked at him and I, th- and I thought, uh, Alice, I thought, my lands, he, because when I had some trouble with my lungs, I wouldn't have been bouncing around like this little boy. That's what 13 years of uh, age will do to you. And he just was uh, so humble and yet so wanting to give in the midst of his moment of need. And so uh, the night came. And I had announced it to everybody, and I only expected about maybe 75 to 100 people for that service. Well, we had close to 200, because they heard that this little boy wanted to give back to them. And so all the people came in, and then, and then my other pastor came to me and said, there's a special presentation uh, to, tonight. I said, what do you mean a special presentation? And he says, just trust me. I said, Okay. So at the end of the service, before we went out to the lobby and had cupcakes, somebody in the church had written two checks to this little boy and his family. And one check was for him and his family to help them through this difficult time. And the other check was for uh, him and his family to do something else, something else good and positive for other people. The first check was for $2,500, and the second check was for $2,500. Now, for the person who wrote this five, these two checks for $5,000, finances were not a big uh, matter that they worried about every night. But my friends, do you hear something motivated them to say, here's somebody who's showing me the way to do something positive in the world. I've not said this since I've been here, but I want you to hear it well what I'm about to say right now. Every Methodist church that I have known over the years that has dried up and died and ceased to exist has done so primarily because they turned in upon themselves. The church will die when it's only caring for itself. We must never lose sight of the reality that God has put us in this world to care about people outside these walls and to do something positive for them. And so I announced to you today that one of the things that I'd like to begin today, right now, is that when you come to church on Sunday, you're going to discover that here in the lobby, in the hospitality area, and also downstairs in the... Um, Uh, entryway where you come in are two nice chrome racks with about five shelves on each one of them. And they say on it, the uh, Lewis uh, Lewis Bird Food Locker. And and underneath it says, your gift is making a difference. I discovered when you all, all of us were so gracious to offer all the hygiene items, and I took them down to uh, the Presbyterian Church, and I met Bill and Gloria the two people who run the food locker, lovely, beautiful people. And they told me this. I said, Bill and Glory, what is it that you don't get enough of to to meet the needs of our community? They said, did you know, Tim, Pastor Tim, that people who uh, use SNAP, the SNAP card, which is synonymous with food stamps, did you know that they cannot buy these items that you all have sent? And they also cannot buy tissues, toilet paper, and paper towels. And so for the next several weeks, I'm challenging all of us that when we go to the grocery store and we pull things off of the shelf, 
I know that maybe we don't always do this, but I'm asking you, would you just for a moment consider when you reach for a tissue box, would you get a second one? It won't take much. Get a second one. And as you pull it off the shelf, will you think, I can buy one for me. I can buy one for somebody else. And will you bring it to church? And will you put it on this shelf or the one down there? And we'll deliver it to them. And I've told Bill and Gloria, whatever else is needed, whatever else we can do to help our community in their time of need, please, we stand on call ready to do. Now, I know I spoke that out of turn because I didn't ask you first, but I believe that's what the church should be doing. And I hope you will join me. For the more we do to care for our community and the people around us who are in need, the more we will fulfill what Jesus is telling us to do as his disciples, as his followers. And sometimes in life, we just have to let go and trust God. You know, and a little bit later in this same uh, passage of Scripture, the Sermon on the Mount, in the 6th chapter, in the 25th verse, Jesus says something that I've thought about driving down the road numerous times. He says, uh, don't worry about what you will eat, don't worry about what you will drink, and don't worry about what you will wear, for God knows you have need of these things and God will provide. I think about those three things. Don't worry about what you eat, don't worry about what you drink, and don't worry about what you wear. And yet... We have never lived in a time of humanity that there have been more places to buy food to eat, things to drink, and things to wear. Never. And yet Jesus said those are the things that we should not be too concerned about. And yet our whole society is consumed with what we eat, what we drink, and what we wear. Jesus is challenging our attitude and our perspective and perception on the world. Think about it. What is the purpose of those who would be disciples of Jesus? What is the purpose of the church today? And I suggest to you that those churches who are crumbling and falling have done so because they forgot what their purpose and calling is. Jesus said, blessed are the poor. They see the kingdom. They understand it. And I want you to know that all through my earthly ministry, I have been blessed extremely because my perspective had been changed. And yes, Luther, you're right. That fellow, he was an odd bird. He was an odd bird. And I tried to talk to him all the way over to Beckley uh, two weeks ago. But here's what I kept thinking. Just by the chance of coincidence or uh, circumstances befall, he could be driving and I could be sitting over there. My friends, you must never forget that reality. You must never forget that the things could be switched. I told Luther I thought about him. I thought about him so much that I picked up the Beckley paper the next day just to read to see if maybe in the police report he had been picked up. Thankfully, he was not. And I hope he got on that bus. And I hope he made it to his bank. I can't fix everything. We can't fix everything in other people's life. We can only do what we can do at that moment to say to someone, God bless you, hang in there. And I'd like to offer it to you just for a moment as I close this morning that there might be a new CEO for what it means to live faithfully under the leadership of Jesus Christ. No, not your pastor as a CEO. 
Not the chair of council as the CEO, but the CEO would be C meaning care, E meaning encourage, and O meaning outreach. That's the new CEO of the church, my friends. To care, to encourage, and to reach out. To a world that needs to know that somebody cares. And we care because Jesus cared for us. Let me conclude close this morning by saying that the greatest thing that you and I can do in our lives is to look up and recognize that we need God's help. That when it comes to our spiritual condition, when it comes to our physical condition, when it comes to everything in our lives, we can only bow our heads and humbly say, God, help me. God, help me to be true and faithful to you and all that I say and do, and help me to love and care for others as you have cared for me. Charles and Annis Dameron, and I'll close with this story. Charles and Annis Dameron were pastors in this district, most of their ministry. Charles was pastor at, uh, up near Nicholas County for many years, and uh, uh, he was pastor in the uh, Hinton area for many years. Uh, and I entered the ministry under his leadership. But Charlie and Anna, Annis didn't worry about too much. Any of you know Charlie and Annis Dameron? Charlie didn't worry about hardly anything. In fact, he was so uh, unworried about things that some of us would call him negligent. Because he didn't prepare too much for retirement. And he got down to just months before he was retiring. And somebody in his church said, Charlie, where are you and Annis going to live after you retire and no longer have a parsonage? He said, well, we're thinking about that, but we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> and do you know that over in Hilldale, <laughs> not too far from Mount Pisgah Church, some of his members went together and they found a plot of land and they took Charlie and Annis down there and they said, uh, Charlie, you see that lot right there? He said, yeah, what about it? He says, uh, that's you're going to be your retirement lot. And do you know that the people of the church went together and built Charlie and, and Annis a home right there on that lot? Not because he was negligent, but because they had loved him and he had fed them spiritually and he had cared for them as their pastor, and they wanted to give back. I have a lot of letters in my desk drawer from Charlie because Charlie wrote me letters when I was just starting out. And in those letters, he would encourage me. I've got one that I get out several times and I read it. And it says, uh, oh, Tim, I'm so proud of you. I consider you to be my son in the gospel, and I want you to know that there has never been more exciting time than right now to be a pastor and a minister in the church. <laughs> and I thought, oh, Charlie, you're really challenging me. But you know what? He was right. He was right. And so I give thanks for those people who didn't worry about the things of this world, but they worried about the people because that's what matters. We all have a lot of stuff, don't we? James Moore has said it this way. You'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul behind it. I hope you take that image with you today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the fear of having nothing from a life of worldly passion. And from a need to be accepted From the fear of being lonely Thank you for listening to this teaching from the Lewisburg United Methodist Church. We pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For additional teaching, resources, and podcasts, as well as who we are and our upcoming events, please visit our website, lwbumc.com.